0: Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. I'm Amy McDonald, yoga student, teacher and yoga business coach. In this special episode, I'm taking you inside the Business of Yoga Speaker Series where you'll meet yoga teachers, experts and entrepreneurs from all over the world. I'm not kidding. We're going to Melbourne, Singapore, London, Barcelona, San Francisco, New York and more talking all things growing your yoga business. I hope you love learning from my guests as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. And if you do, please leave a review for this podcast. Enjoy. Hey everyone, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to the Business of Yoga Speaker Series. I'm excited to introduce my guest of the day is Angela Kukan. I didn't ask you, Angela, whereabouts are you in the world in this present moment? I am in Santa Monica,
1: California.
0: Nice, lucky you. Yes,
1: I feel very lucky.
0: <laughs> There's some good yoga in your town.
1: Yes, I know. I actually feel extremely spoiled. And, and like when I first moved here, I thought I'll never take it for granted. I'm always going to get out there and see all the fresh teachers. <laughs> and then, you know, it, as time goes by, I'm, I'm like, I've sort of fallen into my routine between my home practice and the teachers that I normally go to. And I'm totally that person where people say new teachers' names these day and I, days and I'm like, oh, who's that? I should go to their class. Like, you know, like I don't get out and take advantage as much as I should,
0: you oh, know. Well, <laughs> I, I, when I'm inside Santa Monica, I try and get to as much yoga as I can. And I also try to just oh, go to Whole so Foods. We don't have Whole Foods here and I'm really... Oh, no. I know. I know. It's just reason enough to come hang out, really. Seriously. <laughs> yes.
1: Don't take <laughs> now that. we story. have... <laughs> It's true. It's like whole foods. Now we have air one and that's like amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If only it's our so countries were better at letting us stay with each other longer. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's all it's one, true. Mr. Trump. It's all one. Can't I just stay for <laughs> longer than 90 days. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh, Angela, yeah, I'm going to yeah, read your bio so that, I yes. can, so that so that everybody who's watching gets a, a really great sense of who you are. So. Yeah, I'm really excited about this piece. Folks, Angela's love of yoga began in 2003 after she refused surgery following an awful car accident that damaged both of her knees. Wow. Fortunately, uh, fate had stumbled upon, she, by fate, she had stumbled upon a beautiful studio called the Adaya Yoga Sanctuary where she met her teachers mm-hmm. Di, Tyson and Rachel Sellers. Yoga healed her broken knees I want to know about that, having broken these myself, <laughs> and sparked a fire inside of her. And that flame was lit and she knew that she had to become a teacher. She completed her first 200 hour teacher training with YogaWorks in New York City and then moved to sunny LA to study under the brilliant Annie Carpenter. Folks, we were just talking, raving about Annie Carpenter, who's been a former guest on yeah. the business of yoga just before we started the recording. After completing her 300 hour teacher training at YogaWorks, she spent a month in Sydney. Uh, as annie 's teaching assistant um, other teachers that continue to oh you 've studied with lots of great teachers very lucky <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah one of the things that that Angela loves is teaching others to move beyond their fears and limitations she says that in her classes you can expect to be moved you can breathe sweat and be challenged her classes are taught in the vinyasa flow style with handstands arm balances, and plenty of Core work, always being on the menu. Love that. Um, While she takes the practice of yoga and the importance of proper alignment seriously, she says she rarely takes herself seriously. And if you enjoy learning through laughter, silly analogies and play, then you will love her classes. That really (laughs) resonates with me. I think my teaching style might also, have a fair few silly analogies in it. So, I love
1: that. Yay. I love, I would love your class then, for sure. I mean, I'm so glad I've had all types of teachers, but, um, you know, being able to laugh and like in the midst of working really hard is so
0: helpful. <laughs> it's so helpful. I actually so, wonder I if that's that. not, in fact, one of the, um, I kind of think that in itself is if you get that core teaching as a yoga practitioner like that that's golden because it applies in life if if you go in adversity and you can find a moment to laugh then it just it just you know opens everything back up it's so true yeah yeah
1: it it really is I know I think about that when I meet people who are like you know, like especially in, in Santa Monica, there's no shortage of like very a lot of like spiritual
0: uh people. <laughs> so can um, you say spiritual or spiritual or both?
1: There's both. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like there's both. And to me, I always tend to believe like uh when I meet somebody, if, if they have sort of a lightness in about them, I'm like, boy, if that's not really understanding sort of life and and being able to like flow with life and find humor, like to me, that is is a enlightenment, you know that's about as close as it's gonna get. I mean, I don't know if I've ever met anyone I could say is truly a hundred percent enlightened, but like that's a big part of it. It's just learning to like acceptance and and how to roll with things even when they get difficult and find the the laughter and joy and all that. so
0: I yeah. One of my teachers says actually it's enlightenment in the moment. Like that's what Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. I also also think though that don't you think um, that the people that might, the beings that might be around us who have reached that state probably don't go around talking about it. You know, it's the people who do talk about their enlightened state that might be still on the path.
1: (laughs) Right. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I have to agree with you there.
0: So can we talk a little bit about, because um, about teaching vinyasa, especially where, yeah. and where you teach and the people, your colleagues, because I mean, I'm not a vinyasa teacher. I, yeah. I, like deep, like dunderpranam to people who teach vinyasa because there's a lot to pack in to a, a short verbal cue. Um, yeah. But I do think that I do think that be, it, within the realm of teaching Vinyasa, there is a lot of room for um, there is a large spectrum of skill. Actually, yeah, and, you know, I've been to classes where it's just like drill sergeanting out the thing. I've been in classes. Yeah. I find this when when teachers come on my retreat. You know, there'll be a, a range of people in the room and people who don't even know that that like chaturanga is, um, oh, we've lost your, I'll think you're back. Oh, no. It's all good. that like chaturanga is even part of a sequence. It's just a transit through to Udva Mukha Svanasana. And I, and I think and that they've never been picked up on that. And I think that actually my sense of it is that vinyasa is actually a higher risk form in, in terms of an anatomical risk than something like a slower alignment-based yoga because because you have to be so mindful of what your body is doing and not get into patterns habitual patterns that can lead to injury so I don't know I'd love to know your thoughts on that you've studied with greats. you've been teaching for a long time you teach at places where you are allowed to be crappy so I'm assuming that you're great at what you do <laughs> um what do you have to say about as a as a vinyasa teacher about the skills that are required and about the spectrum of um I don't know, like the spectrum of skill that's that's in that space?
1: Yeah, I have a really, it's interesting, that's a really good question because it's something that I I think the longer I teach, the more of a responsibility I feel like I have mm. and the more serious I take that um, very thing. Mm. And the reality is, is that when you teach, and I teach advantage, uh, I teach um level two, three and oh. strong flow classes. Oh. So there's really nothing I can do. Once somebody has walked into my room, I have to, most of the time I just have to deal with yeah. what they have that day, um, what they can, were are able to do, which to me, it's, it's so deep because it's not just their, um, you're not just dealing with a physical being, you're dealing with an emotional being. And that if you come up to them and you tell them, look, I really want you to do all the chaturangas on your knees or things like that, like sometimes they take it well, sometimes they don't take it well. So there's that portion of it too. It's like, how do you communicate to somebody in a way that they feel empowered and, um, And also like, like you're helping them and not criticizing them and not sort of putting them down. So there's that, that part. Um, and also educating people. Like the thing is, is that you can tell people like do it this way, but unless they know the why behind it, it's hard for them to really get on board with doing it. And so it's like, how can I inspire them to want to do it? The right way, and to get on board with the usually the tedious process of, of getting there. You know, chaturanga is actually a perfect, mm. perfect example of this because, you know, I think a push up in general it can be one of the best movements possible. I mean, you know, it's there's a lot of ways to vary the load. You know, you can use you can come down to your knees. You could do them against a wall. You can do them with blocks underneath your hands. You can, you know, like there's ways to make them harder and easier, or even blocks underneath you, or like a bolster or or strap on your arms. Um, so it's there's a lot of ways to make it easier for people. And I will break it down and explain it. And I try as much as possible to give them the why. Like what, how is this, why are we doing this? Why is it important? What muscles are we using that are like why is it exciting to Mm. work on it you know because it's like people are like in the beginning everyone's excited about jumping back into chaturanga but almost no long-term practitioners that i know of are excited about doing that after 20 years of practice or 10 years of practice
0: yeah totally. yeah they're
1: like like who's jumping back nobody you know but when people start they're like oh i want to jump back and so it's like i try to make it exciting to work on, on it. Cause I'll tell them like, look, if you want to do these arm, this arm balance over here, if you want to do handstands, um, or if it's, you know, just from a healthy shoulder standpoint, like, you know, explain, cause every there's different motivations for different people. Like some people are really motivated by a bigger skill. Some people are really motive, motivated by like getting their shoulders healthier. Um, but I try to, I try to find ways to inspire people to work on it because it it is one of those things where I feel like alignment can be really dry for a lot of vinyasa students. And there's a good portion of them that don't want to be slowed down long enough to learn a pose. Um, so you have to, I try to make it as exciting and juicy as possible for them (laughs) The
0: goal, And that's, that's, I think that's a really big challenge. Um, I know I've had clients in the past who teach vinyasa and and they want to do that, but exactly like you said, how do you, you can't, their students don't want to be pulled out. Like I can say, okay, everybody come over and watch this and teach this. Now go back and practice and do that a few times, but you can't, people that are coming to a two, three level vinyasa, they don't want to be taken off their mat to go look at something else and then go back and try it. So I think it's actually, this is why I say that I'm I'm so impressed with skillful vinyasa teachers because you have to pack a lot in while staying in the flow. And so, I mean, how do you do that well? What's the teaching tip for keeping people interested, keeping them moving and also giving them more knowledge as they progress?
1: I think one of the really um, helpful things that I found and this is where vinyasa is actually really um, good for this particular thing is that when I'm planning my flows I'll start with like the smallest easiest progressions they're really broken down um, but they the next round it builds to a bigger move and it builds to a bigger move and especially students who have been with me for a while, they'll know that, that it's building to something. And the good news is if it doesn't work at the end, right, the end progression doesn't work, then I can always point to the previous progressions and say, remember last round, how we were working on, um, standing on one leg, you know, now we're, you know, in, um, uh, I mean, like warrior three or whatever, you know, yeah. but like you can go over, like if you were struggling with firming your outer hip in or this and that, like, this is where it all comes into play. And so, you know, go back and work on this other progression. And it's really helpful because it becomes clear to them where they sort of, where what's not working, mm. where their work is. And mm. also it gets, I think, more exciting to work on something really mundane and basic. That's the thing. Other thing, people are like, it, the, it's too basic. Like it's too like you know what I mean." I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, but this I you have to break it down so you can get the concepts so that when it because it, once you're in a warrior three, for example." It's you're holding up your body weight. You're sweating. You're like thinking about when you can get out of it. And you don't. Someone saying firm your outer hip in is just like you're like yeah, I can't do that right now. (laughs) Like stay alive, you know. So, I think that's what the most helpful thing about vinyasa is if you think of about, um, uh, being taught in like rounds of progression, you know. But then it can really you can make it really obvious to students where what might not be working for them and also like get them excited about working on the mundane things because they're like oh I really want to do that pose with everybody else next time so I'm going to pay more attention to this and this in my practice and Sometimes it works, <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes you still have people that are like, you know, the problem, I think the biggest problem is, is that when somebody has a lot of strength and a lot of flexibility and they can cheat, cheat the system, <laughs> 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 then it's harder, you know, it's harder for them to get motivated because they're like, but it's, they feel like they're still doing it. Even if it's, you know, even if there's a lot of compensation happening, you know, so, I wonder if we a, all compensate some. I mean, but yeah,
0: well, is that, the, that the body is designed to do that, right? Homeostasis yeah. is going to keep it all together all the time, yeah, yeah. So, a couple of things I want to pick at a little bit more. Um, one thing is, I imagine, so t- tell what, where, where are you currently teaching classes? Uh, yoga
1: works on Montana in Santa Monica, yep. Uh, yoga works. In El Segundo, so that's just south of here. I haven't been. Um, it's like Manhattan Beach, just inland from Manhattan Beach, and then I teach in the valley at Black Dog Yoga.
0: Ah, okay, cool. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I, I have a friend I think who at least did teach there, maybe doesn't anymore. Anyway, so um, uh, so I'm thinking. Last time I was at um, the Montana Yoga Works. Uh, you know, big groups of people, some people obviously come all of the time, but, it, but it's a, it's a obviously yoga, it's a big studio membership base. Um, it's people coming and going and you're checking in and you're leaving and going and doing your thing, which is different to how I teach where it's generally the same group of people come every week. And so I know them and I can, and, and I've got a sense of where they're at. So I wonder if you could speak to um, at what point does your role as teacher, like you can give so much and then there's a point where you have to just like, okay, you're not you're not picking up what I'm putting down. I'm just like where does your, for you personally, at what point do you decide, okay, that guy's just going to go like crazy, work his muscles and not worry so much about alignment and I'm going to let that go, for example, because there has to be a point right. where you just have to sort of walk away. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's like, it a, has a lot to do with how they're get, interacting with me. So if I go over to them, and um, I offer some sort of correction or whatever, and if they, if they're like, you, you know, because you can pick up on vibes, like if they're not going to make eye contact with you, and if they're like, whole vibe is like, they're trying to pull away from your your presence. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, no. And I try not to take it personally. I try. I mean, there's always those times where I'm like, man, you know? But for the most part, I realize that like we're all sort of on this like journey, like there's this continuum. And like at one point, you know, I'm sure I gave bad vibes to a teacher or didn't want to hear their correction or whatever, you know? And so, but I didn't stop going to yoga and hopefully that person is like, you know, like I tried to, and also like, I I think, yeah, so if I approach them and I get that vibe right away, I'll generally leave them alone um, from that point on. And even my regular students, you know, there'll be days where they won't want to do what I'm saying or maybe, but I also try to give them space because like like we all have those days where we're super engaged and we want more. And then there's days where we're like we had a crappy day and we're just happy to be there on our yeah. mat. Yeah. And I try to be sensitive to that and also realize that like their energy sometimes is gonna be super receptive and sometimes it's not. And like my job is to offer and to be like, oh maybe try it like this or um try it like that. And just to not take it personal on the days where, you know, it's not working for them or they're not understanding where I'm coming from. Or maybe, you know, another thing that comes up, I feel like is sometimes people will have a tweak going on in their body and they won't want to tell you about it. You know, like for whatever <laughs> reason, I think sometimes no. it's like they don't want to be stopped from doing the other things they want to do. And I, so I do be, that. Yeah, yeah. I do it too. <laughs> That's really bad. I know. I like make fun of it, and then I'm like, Yeah, actually, I do that too. Because people will be like, Well, stay away from this and that. But I'm like, But I want to do those things, and maybe I know it's probably a little iffy. But mm. yeah, yeah.
0: I think this is really powerful conversation for people who are watching who <laughs> are, are new to teaching, and who think that in fact it's all their response like it either it's all their responsibility or it's deeply personal if someone doesn't take your cue or doesn't do what you want or has some kind of career mid pose because something's going on for them right yeah oh my god your mid pose that's so funny I, re- I remember one of the calmest, Buddhist <laughs> yeah. women I've ever met in my life just screaming at me in like a Hanumanasana kind of drill because there was so as she'd going down for her and I was like oh, Whoa. oh. you just dropped the bomb i am like that that's my mind. but but for for, for the is yeah. like um I, I think what you're sharing is very powerful that you can offer to a point but but in hearing you describe that there was nothing in there you were talking about how the yoga may or may not be resonating for them, not how you may or may not be connecting with them. And I think that's really powerful distinction to make.
1: Yeah. And I also think, you know, like, I, I think it's really useful to, you know, having your own practice in which you take from different teachers and noticing your own emotional states as they come up and subside, you know, in a normal class, like, that can be really good information um, just in general, because, like, sometimes the teachers I, I would say, a lot of the times, the teachers who I have the strongest emotional sort of reactions to during a class are a lot of my favorite teachers, you know, yeah. but they yeah. challenge me. And at different times I might have like angry face or I try not to, but you know, you know, I'm trying to like control myself, but like there's times where I'm sure like I look like my, I have the furrowed brow or I'm like, whatever it's cause they're, they're helping me to work through my stuff and it's coming up for me. And it doesn't mean that I don't like them or that I don't like their class or yeah. it's like quite to the contrary. Um, so it's like I tried to just remember that like, like let your students have their struggles and their experience and don't take it personally as it's happening. Don't be like, oh, the, you know, or even like that, <laughs> you're saying the student with the I'd like I've had students like freak out in different poses or be like, why did we do that? <laughs> that, that made no sense. And, and like, you know what? That's how I feel every time someone teaches a hard thing that I can't do. I feel, I want, I want to say that, like, that made no sense. That was, that was gratuitous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I like, my inner dialogue is like, wow, what a dumb pose. I think that's just so dumb, but it's like, no, that's just the, that's my own ego talking. That's like angry that it's been challenged. And it's like, you know, so it's, it's silly, but I think the more like you can observe your own self and get real with yourself and like, you you know you'll you won't take it as personally as it's coming up for other people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I uh, also don't yeah. I would say I don't try to like make all my students I'm bit really big on working on the progression or the the variation of the pose that is best for that person's body. So there isn't a lot of pressure in my class that everyone's doing the exact variation of the pose at all times. It's just because there's too many bodies for that. It doesn't make sense to me to, you know, so there's less pressure in that way. I think I do see where some teachers get really stressed out if everybody's not looking exactly the same. And I think that would cause me a lot of stress if I was like trying to do that or achieve that. But I'm like, no, some people, I try to give a lot of options because I know that some people are not at the level of some of the more experienced students. So it's like, there's always a, a variation of each pose
0: happening for several love, variations. I and I think at the sort of places where you teach, the reality is, I might not think that I'm a level two, three vinyasa student, but Four thirty on a Wednesday is the only time I can get to class, and so that's the class that I come to so even though right. the defined, I imagine that you still get a bit of a mixed bag.
1: Oh my goodness, yes, you wouldn't believe how much that is true at stand stay Monica class, it is like <laughs> I mean it's really crazy sometimes I'm like, I don't know like what I'm supposed to do with this class, <laughs> like, you know I'm like. Oh my God. Cause it, it'll be literally like level three people and people who it's literally their first different. class. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if you guys have this in Australia, but you have class pass.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's kind of cool, right? It's, there's a lot of good things about it. Well, let's just start with that. Like it gives people an opportunity to try a lot of different things. M- so,
0: practices. So, so, Cause there's people who are going to be watching from wherever, just quickly, it means it's a thing that you can buy that gives you access to doing different types of classes all over essentially. So, yeah. It, so it, it, it means you get more randoms. Let's just put it like that.
1: Like a <laughs> lot more. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot. And look, I, I, I used it. Like, I remember when it first came out, I was like, Oh, this is terrible. Cause I saw it all, I was seeing that I was getting a lot more random. And then some of my regular students, it felt like they weren't as regular in the beginning when it first came around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, at first I was kind of upset about it. Then I went through a couple year phase where I was like, well, if you can't fight it, join it, you know, like, so I was like, I also started using it because I was like, you no, know, I believe in like continuing to learn and, and to get out there and try different practices. So, yeah. um, that was cool. And I, definitely experimented a lot. So just to be clear, I've been that person in the class that probably didn't, was like the awkward, like didn't know what they were doing, probably causing the teacher a lot of stress. But you know, that this is something like people come in, it's their first class and it's, a, and it's an advanced level. And they'll tell me they're like, oh, I had no idea this was an advanced class. Like they don't even know what the level's like level two, three, that means nothing to them because they've never, you know? So yeah, I'll walk in and a lot of times half the people, like the class I'm going to teach this evening, half the people will be new and I've almost never seen their face before. And then the other half are my regulars. I don't know why. It's at 4.20. The class is at 4.20. I don't know what it is about that particular class at that time, but it's a very mixed bag. (laughs) just
0: Which is a whole other skill set. I mean, teaching mixed level is is real. You want to practice your skills. I think that's where it happens. Oh like, man, you have yeah. to be good to accommodate that.
1: Yeah, I, that's why with new teachers, I have to give a lot of props to new teachers because most of them start at gyms. Yes, yeah. Or rec- recreation centers, and yeah. then they go. Oh, I don't. I don't feel like I'm. They. They sort of look up to the teachers who are at studios and and I think that's you you know, yeah, you generally those teachers have a lot more experience, but like a lot of us like we learned how to teach from teaching at gyms and rec centers and places mm. where I mean, like you said, the more mixed it is, the harder it is to teach. Mm. And the more you have to like draw on all your skills as a teacher. Mm. So I just big props to them. All the new teachers. (laughs) I
0: agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, So, so you mentioned earlier that you believe in ongoing learning and uh, studying with new teachers. Talk more about that Mm because I'm a huge fan of studying for the hell of it, like whatever it takes to keep you inspired and excited. Like feed yourself with ongoing education. What does that look like for
1: you? Yeah. Um, I am a big fan of Pilates. I mean, that's an easy one. I think. Pilates and yoga. I got, um, I went through a period of time right when I was learning how to do handstands. So I was like, had just finished my teacher training with Annie. I was studying with Catherine Budig and then Brock and Krista Cahill. And like, um, I can't remember if Dice was in the picture yet. Yeah, I think I met Dice, but he wasn't teaching yet. But anyways, there was a lot of handstands. Mm-hmm. Over, so let's just put it that way. <laughs> and, <laughs> like a lot. And I, I was learning how to do things correctly, but I was—I'm just a floppy body naturally. Like I'm kind of more of a flopper than I am like strength. So I was breaking some of those habits, but unfortunately, like I had gotten away with my being like floppy for so long, and it finally caught up with me, and I got a shoulder injury, and um, I started doing Pilates. Mm. Uh, because I was like, well, I'm going to strengthen around it and strengthen the rotator cuff, blah, blah, blah. It was really helpful for that. I mean, I did continue with the yoga too. And actually, handstands has been really helpful for my shoulder, I have to say. like, um, My teacher, Brock, he was like, if it's done the right way, it's going to be great for your shoulder, which he was right. It's been one of the most stabilizing things for my upper body. But But yeah, Pilates is awesome, and I've stuck with it, and I like it because there's a lot of pulling movements. You do a lot of things for your back and your your uh, butt, and a lot of the you know, if you think about um, yoga, we don't have a lot of things for like lats, biceps, but hamstring strength and. um, So it's kind of cool because it kind of works the other side of the body. So I like that combo. Um, I've also really like acro yoga. That's been super fun. It's nothing like somebody else holding your body weight to tell you where your imbalances are because like you compensate for your own imbalances all day long. We all do. And we don't necessarily notice like But like when I started doing acro, people were like, you put way more weight into your left foot and your left hand than into your right hand. Hmm. And at first, I really kind of fought against that. I was like, no, but I'm right handed. Like, that makes no sense. And, um, but I started looking into it, and it's something that I've gotten so much better about. And really, I feel like I found some balance, but I don't think I would have noticed it necessarily on my own, Um, but it was definitely there. He was definitely there, and so I've
0: been working on it. Um, I never thought about yeah. But the, I, I I never thought about it's so obvious when you say it. But the 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 benefit of that kinesthetic feedback in terms of like weight bearing, yeah, I never thought about echo and like Yeah. yeah.
1: Plus, it's just so good. I mean, it sounds. I gotta say, when I first came around the acro scene, I was like a little suspicious of everyone. <laughs> like, I was like. I don't know what's all involved with this, but you know, I would just, I don't know. There was like a lot of like lovey, like sweet people, but I was kind of, I don't know, I was just like a little (laughs) cynical. I was a little, I was a little like, I don't know, is this real? Like, but I have to say it's connected me to an amazing, I mean, it's real. Like these people are are really cool. It's a very tight group of people that are always like absorbing new people into the group. And Mm. so it's like, um, very like a, it's a tight knit group that that's also like, it's not an exclusive thing. You know, everyone's like, Oh, come try. And like, um, it's Mm. really fun. Mm. It's just been a really amazing experience and like, when you're doing acro with other adults, you realize like, where else in my life am I actually like playing like I did when I was a kid, you know, and you're creating things together with another human. Um, And it's just, it's super fun. It's like really, really fun. So, and it teaches you a lot of, a lot about body alignment and Bone stacking and stuff like that, because there's a whole new, like when you're just doing it to stand on your own two feet on the floor, there's not as much importance behind it in a way because you're like, oh, I can get away with not doing it correctly. But when you're doing it on another person's hands, for example, there's a little bit of danger of falling. So you really, you're paying a lot more attention. the stakes are a little higher. And so I don't know, it's been interesting. The things that I've avoided working on, like rolling to my inner ankle or things like that, you know, you actually like, I'm I'm going to work on this. I'm actually going to lift my inner arches and lift the inner ankle bones, you know, because there's, there's this, um, it, the
0: stakes are a little higher,
1: I guess I would just say that. So
0: yeah, that's been super fun. I like that. And I must confess, um, and for people who have been watching this series for a couple of years, they already know this, that I still have somewhat of an attitude about acro as the one that you previously described. So I love that (laughs) (laughs) you came from that space. Okay, Amy, just Uh, grow up. You can do it. You can do it. uh,
1: Well, I think think some people take issue (laughs) with it being called acro yoga because they're like, but it's not yoga. And I like, I get that. Like it should just be, I think, I mean, I, I love, um, first of all, I know Jason Nehmer who like started it and I think coined the term acro yoga. And I think it was kind of brilliant because people are familiar with yoga. They're like, I could do yoga. So then it makes it sort of less intimidating, Yep. but from a lot of yoga people's standpoint, and, and I also understand is that they're like, "But that's not yoga. Yoga's yoga, and why does it have to be called acro yoga?" And I'm like, you know, I get that too. Like maybe we just call it acro. Um, yeah, but, but some yeah, of the corpse is yoga. See.
0: You know, meditation, <laughs> <with> dance, <laughs> yoga. So you know, it's broad. And, and like, you know, who are we say what is and what isn't?
1: Right, it. it's true. It's true. Very good point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I want to change, radically change directions for for a moment, yeah. Today, because one of the things that I'd love you to talk a little bit about is um, you used to be a prolific blogger, and your blog is full of full of articles, and 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 not just like 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 articles, like blog posts substantial blog posts it's chock full of content before we started the recording I was asking you about that and you said that in fact you've sort of made a transition from blogging to social media and I know that uh, for lots of yoga teachers they have a fear of social media but um, what something that you said to me before we started filming was that in fact for you Instagram now feels like a way of communicating as you would have previously with blogging and now you're doing it on social media. So I'd love to know a little bit more about that and with the hopes Mm -hmm. to sort of inspire people who are social media adverse to maybe thinking about it as a way of sharing.
1: Yeah, I actually really like what you just said is just thinking about it as a way of sharing. Like, you know, the people that are scared of it, just thinking like when they sit down to write something as a post, it's like, what what would you share if you were having conversation with somebody like yourself? Like, what would I, if I was talking to Amy, what would I be talking to her about? What would I be sharing um, that I think is helpful? Um, I think that's a really good place to start because mm-hmm. I think sometimes people will flip through Instagram, will see like all these really nice photos of people doing amazing poses, and they think that like, well. I don't. Not only do I like not know how to do that. I don't want to do that. It doesn't seem like me. I'm not really like attracted to that. Um, and I, I think that you don't have to be. You just be yourself. And and when you're being authentically yourself and sharing your truth, that's the most attractive thing. And I think that's when you you really call in the people that you want to call in right so yeah
0: yes so I'm beautifully
1: sorry. my, my i i got the 10 minute warning so i'm thinking i'll take these off and plug in my my good. Um, charger yeah okay
0: yeah, cool we're good okay so so um, while you're talking about the um so it's
1: going to be okay sound wise it's great okay
0: okay good Day. so all right so you first up let's 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 tell everybody this where can we find you on instagram
1: um angela Kukon yoga
0: and for folks who might not be as familiar with the word kukan as i am thanks to it being where my dad resides spell it for us lovely
1: it's um kukan is k-u-k-h-a-h-n
0: Beautiful. Um, all right. So we're going to go all go stalk you on Instagram and, and see how you're doing exactly that sharing useful and, and uh, useful content with a desire of it to be in service to the people who are consuming it. Love that. Yeah.
1: When I really connected to that, it was so much more fun to me. Like it mm. I actually is fun, but the minute that I sit there and think like, Oh, um, you know, I got to do something cool. Like it, it became, it it becomes not fun. You know, it becomes work at that point. If I, you know, but the moment I really think about, Oh, like, what can I share? What, what do, and a good place to start for, I think any teachers is think about the things that your students say to you after a class you know, like, what do they say? Like, Oh, that was, I always feel so uplifted or that meditation was so powerful or, you know, thanks for saying blah, blah, blah about like self-confidence. I feel so empowered now. Or, you know, I never understood how to do crow pose until you explained that one thing. Like, those are the things that like people are already telling you that like, boy, I, this is really helpful. So it's like, I think for like teachers, that's such a good place to start. Just think about what people say to you about your teaching that they like.
0: That's a, that's such a, that's a great tip. Seriously, <laughs> that's that's going to change people's lives who, who spent spend hours agonizing over what to put in my email, what to write onto Facebook. What, I don't know. So I'm just going to do nothing and I'm going to go read movement professional snarky posts at each other because um perfect just keep a little running note in your phone about comments from students and you've got all the juice you need to share useful content with people love
1: yeah it's kind of one of those things too where like if one student says it it's like a lot of people are thinking it yeah you know yeah
0: yeah so then the, the next question I want to ask is yesterday I was mixing a video about my retreat and included this bit of footage where we were actually celebrating one of the women who was on a retreat. She had her 1st wackadoodle a um, comment during a Instagram live, someone asking her to get naked and we were celebrating it. Cause I think that these things <laughs> you're, you're getting there if you're actually starting to get like weirdos and whatever. Oh my goodness. It's so true. <laughs> so I'm presuming you get, you get some of that. Do you get some negative stuff, weird stuff? Not nearly as
1: much. I mean, not nearly as much as I thought I would, which I mean, honestly, I can't remember when I got my first one, but I think I had like 30,000 followers before someone even said something remotely like inappropriate to me. And I was like... (laughs) I was like waiting. I was like, I've been waiting for you. Like, where have you been? I'm like, wow, this is shocking. I mean, people are so for the amount of the for the amount of talking about trolls on the internet that goes on, I don't know. I don't I don't experience them really hardly at all. Like it's so rare. Um, the weirdest thing I think I ever got was. I can't remember exactly the the message that was sent along with this. Oh, I I actually I somebody sent me a comment that was like something I can't actually say out loud, but it was like you know <laughs> describing a sexual act and the way they wanted to do it to me to share it with you. And yes. I was I was like, oh, that was pretty offensive and then I went to my dms and it was the same person that sent me a dm which is weird because they must have sent it to my other inbox but that must have been back in the day when I was checking that one I'm like so bad about checking all the dms now like and you know how if you don't I think it's if you don't follow a person it gets sent to that separate dm yes yes so anyways but I would guess I was checking it better back then and I this person sent me a photo um and it looked, it was a hands in handcuffs, and some naked legs. Now the naked legs were, had hairs on them. So was, and it looked like guy legs would actually, it made me feel better that that's the case because there was like blood everywhere too. Uh, and I was like, I'm really grossed out about this. So I, um, I did send, I did report it to Instagram and I, um, blocked the person, and then yeah. they showed back up again. That's the weird thing. They must have created another account and um, wow. showed back up, and had to block them again. But I think you know, just weird.
0: Uh, Feel and and, and exercise your right to block. Exercise that right freely and, and regularly. And, oh and, yeah, and, and rather than trying to, um, I think it's always that personal development opportunity <clears throat> of of personal growth of what part of me wants to make that person wrong and me right by commenting back <laughs> and what part of me can right. take the higher ground and simply just block and forget.
1: <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, <laughs> there's some accounts like Rachel Brab you know, yoga girl, like I have a tremendous amount of respect for her. Like, first of all, I've met her, uh, when did I meet her? It was like 2011. We went to Aruba. There was a, we were on retreat. It was like Brock and Krista and she was 23 at the time and she was taking care of our group. And she was so put together that we were all like in awe of her. We were like, whoa, this girl's like amazing. Um, So it doesn't surprise me at all that she's done as well as she has. Mm -hmm. And she's Mm -hmm. where she's at. She's, she's really amazing. And the way she will Um, interact with people on her page and the (laughs) amount of patience she has and like to have these conversations I mean I am just in awe like I again it goes to what you were saying like she she'll like engage with people that are kind of being mean or or like you know that I probably wouldn't, you know. I, I maybe, and that, that probably doesn't make me as good kind of a person um, because I'm like, man, it seems like a person just wants to attack somebody, but she's, you know, she kind of, she'll like try to understand where they're coming from and things like that. And I'm like, wow. wow, I mean, I, I, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm not on that level. Let's just say that. <laughs> You know, I'm definitely not on that level. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's hard. There's a thin line for me between like, even if someone says something that's let's say someone comes onto your page and they say something that's like maybe a good point. Like what they, they try to talk to you about.
0: Oh, I had one. I had a picture of me in, uh, i hit a of a side angle and modified because of ding dong hip injury, and the person was oh. the comment was something like, "That's a good pose for um, what did they say? That's that's sort of like almost a good pose. Shame you had to modify it. Like that sort of. So it's so it's not negative necessarily, but it's kind of got that. It's like a dig, kinda, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And the, the, this is the thing, like sometimes you go onto that person's page and like they don't even do yoga. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, and like I, I just I mean I could engage with that person and be like, well, why do you think that? And tell me your thoughts. And but part of me just kind of was like, you know, or or they have like a their account is private, so it's like you know, and they follow like two thousand people, but they have only posted one photo, and you're like, you can't see the photo, but you're pretty sure this person's a troll. You know, it's just things like that where I'm like, I mean, God bless the people that engage with them and try to see their point of view. But in general, I'm, I just, I, I guess I have very few trolls, and when they do show up, I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> like I don't, yeah, I don't engage too much.
0: But I think. <clears throat> And, and I'm conscious of time, we'll finish up shortly, but I do think it's worth making the point that in in 2019, having a yoga business, actually there's more to it than teaching great classes. You know, there, you have to be an entrepreneur. You have to be doing the business building things. They get to be pleasurable and in service. And there, and we all have a finite amount of energy. And so we get to make discerning choices about how am I going to invest my energy? And for some people, actually responding to everything on Instagram, if that is part of how they're growing their business, then that's important. But for other people, it might be about doing something else as, as a part of growing their business. So I think that there's not a right or a wrong to it, is, is my sense of it. But what is important is that you're making a choice based on what's in service to you and your own energy and what's in service to your community and your business. I think that's an interesting point. Yeah. The degree to which you engage on social media actually gets to be a business choice rather than am I a good person or not.
1: yeah and actually I like I mean it's actually interesting that you bring that up because I'm like that's something that I need to do better and want to do better is actually engage with the people who do write comments who are yeah asking good questions I don't do enough of that you know though I really it's like I producing the content and then like posting it writing it. it's like I will typically do that. And then that's sort of like my quota for the day of like being on my phone, social media. And then I just feel terrible because sometimes I'll go back like the next day or a couple of days later, and I'll be like, even if I answer questions, I'm like, do those people ever see the answer to that question? Like, I don't know, you know, because a lot of times they're writing it. And if I were still on my phone, I'd answer back and then they'd see my answer, you know, but yeah, there's something that, Yeah, I think that that actually is something where I'm dropping the ball a bit. I think it's if people ask questions about the post and their sincere questions, it's a good, it's great if you can be there and answer those questions. I think that's good. Yeah. Usually the first hour or two afterwards. Yeah, the first
0: hour is going to make the difference as far as growth. Yeah. Yeah. Where can we find out more about you? What you're offering? How we can meet you places and do yoga with you?
1: Oh, yay! Um, Right now, I am, you know, I'm on a thing that's called Playbook app, and it's linked in my bio and on my Instagram page. And basically, what it is is I can make videos at my place. I'm like, actually, I was making some earlier, and then I upload them and they're there. So I'm always adding cool. new stuff to that library. I'm actually building a program for press handstand skill right now. Cause that's something that uh, people request. I think it's because there's not a lot of information out there. I mean, there's getting to be more, but that one in particular, people seem interested in. Yep. Um, and yeah, so you can find me on that. I also have a lot of classes on yogisanonymous.com. Cool. And, um, so yeah, that, that one, it's interesting because so far on playbook, I've offered a lot of shorter classes, like Mm -hmm. between like 10 to 25 minutes, some, some 30 and 40, but on, um, YogisAnonymous.com. it's more there's longer classes like Mm -hmm. hour-long classes more of those and sort of traditional yoga not as um tutorial style more flow Mm -hmm. on that so kind of depends on what people are into but um yeah that's that's where you can find me right now
0: amazing and also coming to your classes i'm going to be there in a month or so so i'm going to come to I'm gonna try and get to that 410 on a what Tuesday and I'm gonna yes. be up the this thing. I can't do that. can't do that. And here's my <laughs> here's <laughs> my modified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. that will be fun. And it's been so fun having you as a guest. Thank you for being great. And and we can see that energy that uh, I mentioned in your in when I was reading your bio about fun analogies, being playful, being committed and, excuse me, committed and professional, but also having some fun along the way. Thanks for being a great guest. Thank
1: you. It's been so, such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Such an honor.
0: Feeling inspired, ready to grow your own yoga business? If you're ready to share your yoga with the people who really need what you have to offer, growing your yoga business with more ease, flow, abundance, and support, Check out my six month yoga business training program, Growing Your Yoga Biz, at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. Use coupon code BIZ of yoga when you check out for $500 off. Enrollments are open right now. Namaste.